Excuse me, I'm going to grab that. Woo! Wow. You guys having fun yet? (laughs) Cindy and Kent Cox right here. I've known them for how long now? 12 years probably. Oh, no longer than that. They attended our church up in Big Rapids. Oh, they have a powerful healing ministry. Cindy was healed of cancer. Twice. Twice healed of cancer. Powerful. So she has a powerful ministry. You've been doing, what, two healing meetings a week, right? Down in Rochester and Shelby Township. Okay, you guys, if you need to get connected with her ministry, their ministry because it is powerful. And uh, you're, all your teachings are online, right? Praise God. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming today, guys. All right. Well, glory to God. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 3. I want to welcome all those that are watching online right now around the world. Uh, you know, if you look around, you see it's a little slim pickings in here today. I, I've got so many messages and texts of people saying, I'm sick, Pastor. I'm not going to be able to make it today. So we need to pray the healing power of God on all them that are watching right now. Lord, I speak healing to everyone right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command that infirmity to go right now in Jesus' mighty name. We send the healing anointing from that camera, through that computer, through that TV, right to you right now, whoever needs it, in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 3. Uh, verse 11, th- uh, 11 and 12 we'll start with here. Let's uh, set this thing up. You guys ready to hear the word today? Amen. All right. He, John the Baptist, he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into barn, into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. By the way, if anybody needs prayer at the end, you came up or you wanted prayer, you didn't get it at the end, we're going to pray for you after service. So don't leave, come up after service. Amen? All right, now jump with me to Acts chapter 1. No believer left behind with the fire of God. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Man, I'll tell you what, I feel like there's fire in the house right now. I am just burning up right now. What's some amazing praise and worship? Um, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Say infallible. Oh, I like that. Being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Man, I love that. Which he said, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Man, I'm hot up here. I'm telling you right now. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the season seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, 
but you shall receive power after uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all in all Judea and Samaria into the uh, end of the earth. Now, one last, just four verses. Jump down the road to Acts two, one through four, and we're ready to roll. We're on the track. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, say fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Whoo! Glory to God. Well... With today being Pentecost Sunday, you know, we celebrate, obviously, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The word Pentecost simply means this, 50. All right? Pentecost is celebrated 50 days after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. All right? So now, here's what I want to set up for you. The Word of God says that, uh, tells us that after Jesus was resurrected, He walked this earth for 40 days, all right? And he was speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And so now, have you ever thought about this? Listen to this. There was a 10-day gap between Jesus ascending up into heaven and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Now, here's what I want to get to. Jesus told 500 people to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, here you go. You ready for this? Within that 10-day period, within that 10-day period, 380 people either forgot or they lost interest in what Jesus commanded them to do. (laughs) Have you ever thought of that before? A 10-day gap. Say 10-day. So there were 120 people that were serious and put value on the commands, on the words of Jesus. And and they were rewarded. Think about that. They were rewarded for obeying Jesus with a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. Here's the question for us all today. Are you a part of the 120 or are you a part of the 380? Think about that. Isn't that powerful? See, I've seen and experienced this many times as a spiritual leader. Many times, the power of God is hindered in a meeting or in a service. Listen, uh, if it's filled with people that are just there to criticize or complain. Are you following me? Oh, come on now. Here we go. By the way, criticizing and complaining, you know, is really, there is a spirit of witchcraft at work in it complaining and criticizing. You understand that? Because it's no different than if a witch comes in here and tries throwing and blowing some word curses in here. Are you following me? So we got to be very careful on the words that we speak over a church, over a ministry, over a person, over family. It, it, It goes on and on. Amen. But listen, here's what happens. So a person's heart that is not connected to a ministry or to a church, it breaks a spirit of unity in that place. Amen? Some of the greatest moves of God, uh, you know, that I have ever experienced in my life. Are you ready for this? Some of the greatest moves of God have been just a few people. 
It's some of the greatest moves of God, some of the greatest miracles, some of the greatest miracle signs and wonders that I've ever seen in my life were with the few and not a multitude. Think about that. Well, I know you guys have seen the same thing, haven't you? Amen. So now I want you to notice in Acts chapter 2, 1 and 2, that the Holy Spirit came and he, super, in, he broke out the supernatural in the upper room with people. Listen to this. This is important. They were all with one accord. They were all with one accord. And here's the deal. That means they were in unity. They were in agreement. They had one heart. They had one mind, and they had one purpose. And that caused the Holy Ghost. Boom. I I believe if there was not unity in that room, it wouldn't have happened. It it didn't happen until there was unity in that place. Are you following me? And I want you to also notice that, that the outpouring took place in an assembly. In, a, in, in multitudes of people, not just a lone ranger experience. Have you ever noticed that? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place in an assembly of Christians. So people can't tell me. People can't say, well, you know, church or the local fellowship, local bodies, they're not important. Oh, absolutely they are. The greatest outpouring that ever happened of the Holy Spirit took place in an assembly of 120 people. Amen. The Word of God says in Psalm 133, 133, that God commands His blessing, the anointing. His power freely flows in an atmosphere of spiritual unity in a corporate gathering. Amen? See, for here at Living Waters Chapel, I want to encourage everyone, you know, seek spiritual unity. Seek spiritual unity with our brothers and sisters. But really, here's what it is. Are you ready for this? It's spiritual unity with the Holy Spirit. It's connecting to the vision of what the Holy Spirit is doing in that church and ministry. Amen? Uh, so, um, you know, a while back, I, I got to bring this up. Uh, Stacy, our praise and worship leader, she made a powerful statement. It was very powerful and profound. And I don't know, you probably remember saying, I'm sure you will when I say it. But she encouraged everyone, listen, to pay attention to every message that's coming forth and to take hold of what the Holy Spirit's doing in the ministry. You remember that, Stacy? She said it right here, right before praise and worship. She said this, because if you don't, you will not understand what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in our midst. That was powerful. And she said these words too. She said, and you will feel like you're being left behind. She literally said, and and as I was writing this message and, and I was reading about how in the upper room they were all in one accord in unity, the Holy Spirit just spoke, just reminded me what Stacy spoke because that was from the Holy Ghost. Amen. So see, here's the deal. Some things are taught and some things are just caught. Some things, let me say it again. Some things are taught and some things are caught. A vision and a direction for a church, let me just say this, is more caught than taught. Sure, I could, I could, we could write up a nice little paragraph of a nice little vision, but if you don't have the heart of the Holy Ghost on what he's trying to do, it's just words on a page. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to evangelize the lost and we're trying to equip the body of Christ. That's what we're trying to do. Whatever that entails. So, so the Holy Spirit, that's why you have to plug into the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, um, you know, 
In other words, so get on board with what the Holy Spirit's doing. Many times, you know, many people who complain and stuff, they're the ones that aren't really plugging in, right? They're not connecting with others with prayer. They're, they're, they're missing out on the heart of the ministry. Are you following me? And now this goes, I'm, I'm preaching this for the whole body of Christ, but obviously it can apply here as well, right? There needs to be unity. I want the power of God to fall in this place. And there's got to be unity. Amen? So get involved with fellowship, get involved with events, get involved with the prayer, get involved with the volunteer team, do something, you know, just, just all I ask is the pastor and every pastor that's watching, don't sow discord. Come on, don't sow discord in a local church because it, it usually the person sowing discord, it never ends well for them. It, it, it really does. It never ends well. You know, I, I never understood that. Why would someone want to stay at a church and sow discord and, and, and be miserable when they can go somewhere else and plug in to where God wants them to be? Right? Listen, I'm not going to be hurt. If someone doesn't is not on board with this church or ministry, I'm fine with it. We're still brothers and sisters. We're still going to be friends. Amen. Just don't sow discord. Amen. See, now this is the difference between a spirit-led church and a seeker-sensitive church. Because here's what happens. In a seeker-sensitive church, if two people complain, the pastor's all up in arms. And, oh, no, now they start changing things for two people, and they start to become disobedient to what the Holy Spirit is showing them for that church. Are you following me? You get it? All right? That's seeker-sensitive. When you're going to start to bend for one or two people, when everyone else is having a party up in here. Right? Are you hearing me? All right. So, so you know, if you have a, a problem with something, you know, go talk to the pastor. Right? Go talk to the one that you're offended at. Try to work it out. If not, so long. Amen? Amen. Woo! Glory. And all the pastors said? No. <laughs> all right. So, here we go. Let's get I just felt like the part of Pentecost, that unity, that was that's important to share. Amen? Okay, so now let's jump into the heart of my message today. Uh, The title of my message today is Holy Spirit Boldness and Fire. Oh yeah, Pastor got a little bold there, didn't he? Here's the deal. Here we go. Boldness, look at this definition of boldness. It's powerful. Boldness is defined as a willingness to take risks. Oh, a willingness to take risks and act innovatively. To have confidence or courage. This is powerful. Let me say that again. Boldness is defined as a willingness to take risk and to act innovatively to have confidence and courage. Now, I find it interesting that it says innovatively in the definition of boldness. The word innovatively is defined as introducing new ideas, original and creative thinking. Boldness from the Holy Spirit will have you, in your natural mind, taking risk. And He will have you, He will give you a strategy. He, he will make you innovative to reach things. Have you ever heard that passage that says, Behold, I do a new thing. Remember? God says, I'm doing a new thing. Well, guess what? It's not new to God. So who is it new to? It's new to us. Right? So that's why I found it interesting that boldness has the word innovative in it. It's a new thing. And the Holy Spirit is showing a new thing. That's why I always preach from here that if, you, you know, if you're a Christian, 
Change has to be a positive word in your vocabulary. He's always changed. He's he's always trying to shift things. Listen, don't get too comfortable in a certain thing. Amen? Yeah, spiritually speaking, don't get too comfortable because that's when the Holy Ghost will take the rug right out and say, okay, now I'm shifting you to do something different. Amen? All right. So, uh, in other words, the Holy Spirit will take you out of your comfort zone to carry out that plan or strategy. And to do that, you need to be bold. Boldness from the Holy Spirit will always challenge and break you out. Here it is, out of your spiritual comfort zone. Oh, say comfort zone. The Holy Spirit spoke these words to me in the past. He said, miracles only happen outside of your comfort zone. If you look at every miracle that ever took place in the Word of God, people were not comfortable. Are you following me? He will take you out of your comfort zone. It just doesn't happen in your comfort zone. You've got to take hold of this this morning. The Holy Spirit is committed, absolutely committed, to wreck and destroy your spiritual comfort zone. Amen? In fact, some people maybe that are maybe here or listening online, some people, you might be feeling so miserable in your life right now because of this. You're not allowing or going with the flow of the Holy Spirit to take you out of that dry place. See, if you want to be in that, that wet River, you got to move with the Holy Spirit. That's why I love using the word flow with the Holy Spirit. It's a movement. It's a river. It's living waters. Amen? I love that. So if you're not moving with Him, guess what? You're in a dry place. You're in a dry place. The miracle zone, the next level of the anointing on your life, resides outside of the box of your comfort zone. When the Holy Spirit came and baptized believers in the upper room, they were motivated by the Holy Spirit, listen, to leave that room. They didn't just stay there and party. Are you following me? They were motivated. When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were motivated. They were, here it is, bold to leave those four walls and to go outside where the real ministry took place. You see, it's a great thing to have a powerful service like here at LWC, right? And to feel the awesome presence of God. But if it doesn't produce a boldness to go out and to leave this building to reach a lost and dying world, we have not fully surrendered to our comfort zone. Think about that. The Holy Spirit took them out. Now, here's the deal. The boldness took them out. The Holy Spirit caused them to go out. They surrendered to that boldness, right? Guess what? They were made fun of when they went out, weren't they? These people are drunk. They were willing to look like fools for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And boldness, Holy Ghost boldness will do that. So the first thing, here we go. The first thing you need to know about boldness is that it is scriptural to pray for boldness. It is absolutely scriptural to pray for boldness. Peter and John were taken into custody and they were warned not to preach about Jesus, right? Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, 23. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Let's start there. So Peter and John uh, were warned. These these religious people didn't like them very much, okay? So let's see what happened after they were let go. It says, And being let go, they went to their own companions, 
and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had, had said to them. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And uh, the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. All right. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together <coughs> to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before were do- uh, to be done. Now, Lord, here it is. Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, that place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word with the word of God with boldness. It says this, that when they were let go, they went to their own companions. I like that. I want you to notice that they went, when they were let go, from those, those de- people caught up in dead religion. It says that they went to the people that were in the spiritual agreement with them. Are you following me? They were of the same mind, same spirit, spiritual unity. Come on, you can say it this way. It was their tribe. Amen? We need to stick with our tribe. Amen? Listen, they prayed that with all boldness they would speak the word of God and also that God would heal and that signs and wonders would be done. Think about that. So it is scriptural to pray for miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, why do I say that? Because many say, don't chase after miracles, signs, and wonders. You ever hear someone say that? We got word on it that they prayed for it. That's just another sacred cow of dead religion that's slayed by the word of God. Amen? Amen. The place where they prayed was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God, it says, with boldness. They prayed for it. They got it. Now, wherever you find the Holy Spirit anointing, the Holy Spirit filling and equipping a person, you will find boldness attached to it. I love that scripture that says the righteous are what? bold as a lion. I like that. Amen. Go with me to Acts chapter four, verse 13. It is hot up here. My, my, my. (laughs) I love it. Well, we've been praying for Holy Ghost fire in this place. We're getting it. All right. Acts 4, 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled, and they realized they had been with Jesus. The enemies, their enemies, recognized them as uneducated and untrained men, according to worldly religious standards. Amen. But you know what caught the attention of these people? The boldness the Holy Ghost boldness that they walked in. They realized this, I love this, they realized that Peter and John, they said, man, these guys are untrained. These guys shouldn't be doing this. But they recognized that they were spending time with Jesus. I love that. You know, and we have that same opportunity to spend time with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and through prayer. Amen? 
We have just as much of an opportunity, just as if Jesus was right here in the flesh. We have that same opportunity. See, when you spend time with Jesus in your walk with God, you become more like Him. You you become who you spend the most time with. Did you know that? You will become like them. That's why you've got to be very, very careful who, who you're allowing into your inner circle of influence. Say inner circle. Of course, we're in the world, right? We're in the world, but it says don't be like the world, right? But So there's, there is an inner circle. Who's in your inner circle? You've got to be careful about that. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. And it says this, very popular passage. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Now, this is distinguishing, this, this passage here is distinguishing the difference between a demonic spirit of fear and the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? It's distinguishing the characteristics of a demonic spirit of fear and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, the Holy Spirit will always cause you to operate within these three things. Power, love, and a sound mind. If, the, if any one of those three are absent, it's not the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? Boldness, then, holy boldness from the Holy Spirit will always operate within the boundaries of the Word of God. Boldness from the Holy Spirit will always operate within the boundary of love. See, the Holy Spirit will never cause you or I as Christians to violate our love walk. Listen to this. Because faith works by love. Amen? Now, here's the problem. Many Christians have twisted and given love a worldly definition of what it really is. See, that's the problem. Many throw out the word love, but it's not the love of the Bible. Amen? See, many think, I mean, many think that, you know, not loving, that we can't offend anybody with the truth of the God's word, with God's word. The Word of God says this. The Word of God says, speak the truth in love, right? Now listen to this. Speaking the truth in love is not telling us not to offend people because it's telling us to speak the truth. Are you following me? Are you following me here? It says speak truth, but do it in love. Don't hold back. How someone responds to you speaking truth is not up to you. Right? Because, so... Here's the deal. Speaking the truth in love is talking about this. This is what it means. That your motive for speaking it is love. See, many people think, many people think speaking the truth in love is that you just can't say anything because someone's going to be offended by it. Are you following me? This is, this is powerful here. This will set some people free. So our motive... The very reason we're moved to speak to a person who's in deception or whatnot has to be love. Just make sure we're always doing it in love and not in a spiteful way. Right? Are you hearing me? All right. So, um, you know, here's the deal. 
with religious people, let's look at Jesus' life. With religious people, Jesus got very angry with them. Have you noticed that? He really got pretty angry. Uh, He even flipped tables over, right? Someone says, what would Jesus do? Well, he's not beyond flipping tables, obviously. Are you following me? Now, keep in mind, here's what I want you to, as we look at Jesus' life, keep in mind that Jesus lived a sinless life. Are you following me? Everything Jesus did was within the boundary of love. Yet, he flipped over tables. Here's the deal. Listen to this. Jesus was at times moved, here it is, with righteous anger. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. This is, this is the key right here. So anger is not a bad emotion if it's righteous anger. Are you following me? This is very important now. Because this scripture has caused a lot of people to say, well, I'm not going to talk to this person about this issue because they're going to be offended at me. All right? No, we're still supposed to speak truth. Just make sure your motive, you want to see them set free. And how they respond to the truth, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. Amen? That's between, you know that's between? Them and God. That's it. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will give you boldness to confront the, the, the truth, uh, uh, to confront evil with the truth of God's Word. See, if you're being silent in the face of evil, it's not the Holy Spirit. That is your flesh overriding the boldness from coming forth in your life. Because the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you know it or not, but the Holy Spirit's a bulldog when it comes to evil. He really is. But He does it in love. So just make sure, check yourself. Before you go and talk or confront a person about something, say, okay, is my motive right here? Because if that motive isn't right, then, yeah, they're going to be offended, but you're going to do even more damage. That's what we're trying to prevent. We're trying to prevent extra damage. We know the problem. You know, anytime someone's confronted with the truth, with the lies they've been believing, of course a wall's going to go up, pride and all. It's going to happen. Just get used to it. Just make sure your motive is pure. Go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Verses 1 through 3. Getting close to the end here. I know we probably wore you guys out on that praise and worship. Amen. (laughs) Acts 14, 1 and 3. It says, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. And so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. But uh, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking, underline it, boldly in the Lord. You think they offended some people? I think they did probably, right? Speaking the truth who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting them signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Paul and Barnabas, they spoke the word of God boldly, and their boldness caused signs and wonders to even come forth. See, your willingness to allow Holy Spirit boldness to flow through you, it's an invitation for miracles, signs, and wonders. Listen to me. 
Let me say it again. Your willingness to allow the Holy Spirit's boldness to flow through you is an invitation for miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, I want to pull this point out here, right here. I want you to notice that it says that the Jews, uh, they stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Be, again, this is just another point. Be very careful who you allow into your inner circle, who you're allowing to just really speak into your life. Amen? Because hearing the wrong thing will poison your mind from the truth. See, faith comes by hearing, but so does fear. So does unbelief. Are you hearing me? It all comes by hearing. Amen? All right, so jump with me to Acts 19. 1 through 8. Acts 19, 1 through 8 here. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit, underline it, when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they, they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. (laughs) And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the, the men there were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue... And spoke boldly, say boldly, for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. How many of you agree that the Apostle Paul, he had an amazing ministry, didn't he? He made a huge impact for Christ. And he walked in miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen? It says that he spoke boldly. And listen to this. You ever hear someone say, well, don't argue with them. Paul reasoned and persuaded concerning the kingdom of God to these people. You know, sometimes it's okay to get into a little back and forth match with someone about something. Are you following me? It said that he was reasoning with them, persuaded. Here's what he was trying to do. He was trying to change their mind. Amen. Paul didn't hold back. He dealt with people that didn't like him very much. And they definitely didn't like his boldness at times. Amen? But here's the thing. Paul didn't care because he got amazing results for the kingdom of God. He was filled and led with the Holy Spirit. He was bold as a lion. Now, real quick, I want to talk about a bold question that he asked some believers, some disciples, some followers of Jesus. In Acts 19.2, he said... He said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's talking about the Holy Spirit baptism, right? See, this is one of the greatest pieces of evidence right here in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit baptism is a second experience after salvation. If they received the Holy Spirit baptism, why would he even have to ask that? Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, no, we haven't. Oh, well, here you go. He laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And that, by the way, is after Jesus ascended. That's after the cross. This is New Testament stuff that's happening. We are still in that same place right now. Amen. 
Wow. You see, here's the thing. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came to live in your spirit, man. But the Holy Spirit, baptism, is when He comes upon you to receive power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, they said that they were only baptized in John's baptism of repentance. So Paul rewater baptized and he laid his hands on them. Now, real quick, there are three ways for you to get Holy Spirit baptized. Did you know that? Three ways. <laughs> Number one, ask to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Luke eleven thirteen talks about that. Another is that another Holy Spirit baptized Christians lays hands on you and you receive the Holy Spirit baptism. The, the third one, man, your heart's so ready. You're asking God in your heart and he supernaturally does it. I've had people who said, man, nobody ever laid a hand on me, but I, I'm a tongue talking, Holy Ghost baptized. You know what I'm saying? God just did it because they were hungry. But here's the thing. Either way, out of all of these, there had to have been an asking and a receiving in your heart. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit is different from being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a continual thing. Being Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience. Right? So we got we to constantly stay filled. Someone says, why do we got to stay filled? I said, because we leak. We leak. Say, I leak. See, Ephesians 5.18 it says that we are commanded to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the ones that make the effort to stay filled on the inside. Amen. So I want to finish with one last passage and we are out of here. Listen, you'll see how what was spoken up here ties right in. Go to Acts 28. Acts 28. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 28, 1 through 6. The Holy Spirit showed me something powerful that I want to share with you here. Acts 28, 1 through 6. And it says, Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, I hate snakes, by the way, too. They said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. All right, they went a little far on that, but are you following me? Listen to this. Paul was on the island of Malta, and he was gathering bundles of sticks for a fire. And because of the heat of that fire, a viper came out and fastened right on his hand. Can you imagine that? That'd be, oh my goodness, that'd be horrible, right? The Holy Spirit was showing me this, that the fire is when the Holy Spirit is moving in a place. And adding wood to that fire is, is in the spirit realm is when we are allowing boldness, Holy Ghost boldness to come forth from us. 
When you add wood to a fire, what happens to it? You add wood to the fire, it causes it to grow. It causes it to get hotter. Amen? And when you're operating in Holy Ghost boldness, listen, here it goes. This is what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you. It causes snakes and vipers. It causes the enemy to come out of hiding. Are you following me? Why was it? That Jesus, when he ministered on this earth, everywhere he went in the synagogues, on the streets, demons were manifesting. They were tormented by the fire of the Holy Ghost that was on his life. Amen? Satan and demons cannot hide or handle the moving of the Holy Ghost. And especially when a Christian is fearlessly and boldly speaking the Word of God in in ministering. Think about that. You read it. You read it. Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everywhere Jesus went, demons were screaming out and manifesting because of the fire of the Holy Ghost on that guy. Man. And that's why in a church or in a church service or any kind of ministry service where the fire of the Holy Spirit is manifesting, sometimes people will do strange things. Oh, and especially in a church, when a church really starts to get moving, the the anointing's flowing, guess what? Here comes gossip. Here comes sowing discord. It forces the snakes to come out of hiding. Oh, are you following me, somebody? Wow. When the Holy Ghost showed me this, listen, you'll see it all the time. You see... See, in a church or a ministry or a service where, the, where, where nothing's going on, the enemy's fine with that. The enemy's content with that, right? Sure, let them have, play their church. Let them do their thing. But when they really start pressing in, when you really start pressing into prayer, man, when you're pressing in and you're having seven songs up here and the anointing is falling like, mm, it, the heat causes the snakes to come out. Oh, pastor's boldness? I don't like that. He's too bold. Right? Oh, those people over there in the, who, sit, who sit in that pew over there, you know this about them? They sow the discord. Are you following me? Well, come on. We, got, we need ears to hear what the Holy Spirit's speaking. Because here's the deal. There are some big things that are going to happen in this ministry. Amen? There are some big things that are going to happen in this ministry. And the enemy will love nothing more than to put a stop to what he's doing. If you know it, I'm telling you, people watching across the world, whatever, you're plugged into a good local church, listen to me. Don't put up with any discord. You put a stop to it. Put a stop to it. Here's the deal. Put a stop to it if you want to see the Holy Ghost move in that place. If you want to see the Holy Ghost move in your life. Amen. My, my, my. As long as the Holy Spirit doesn't move somewhere. Nah, he's good. We're good. Go play church. Punch the time clock. We're good. If it's just a Sunday hour or two. Yeah, we're good. But man, wait a minute. Hold on. Satan's getting on the phone with all of his demons saying, okay, hold on. Living Waters Chapel, they're starting to have prayer calls on Tuesdays. They're having prayer meetings on Wednesdays. Come on. Okay, come on. You guys get dispatched over here. We got to stop this, what they're trying to do. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? 
Oh my. So I want you to notice that when the viper fastened onto the hand of, hand of Paul, it says he shook it off. The people were waiting for him to die from that poison, but he was supernaturally protected. See, when you're doing the Lord's work, when you are a faithful ambassador in the kingdom of God, God's got your back. Amen? So I want to encourage you all to be bold. Throw more wood on that Holy Ghost fire. Allow it to grow and get hotter and hotter and hotter. And let it cause the vipers to show themselves. We'll deal with the vipers. Are you following me, somebody? Shake the snakes off and keep that Holy Ghost fire burning. Don't ever let your fire be quenched for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place, in this ministry, in the lives of these people. Lord, I pray a unity in this ministry. I pray a unity in this ministry like never before. Hey, hey here it is. I pray for an upper room ministry, or uh, upper room agreement and unity in this place. I want this place to be an upper room where Jesus is glorified and people are blessed. Are you hearing me? Now, maybe there's someone in here you never made Jesus Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation because honestly, you know, you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, meet me up here and I want to pray with you. Let's get you born again. Let's get you where you know that you know when you take your last breath, you will be in heaven for eternity. Amen? You will be with the Lord for eternity. Maybe there's someone here, you made Jesus Lord of your life long ago, but you know, honestly, I say it all the time because it's such a good example. You know, you say, well, I was four years old when I got saved. Hogwash. If you don't have confidence you would go to heaven right now if you died, you need to come up here. Let's rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you're in this place. You have never received the Holy Spirit baptism. What I was talking about today. Listen, if God puts it in his word, it's not an option. <laughs> it's a require. I mean, you, now, if, if you're not Holy Spirit baptized and you drop dead right now, you go into heaven if you made Jesus Lord of your life. Yes, Absolutely. It's not a salvation experience, not a salvation issue. But here's what it is an issue. Do you want to be a faithful ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ? Then you need the Holy Ghost baptism. And why wouldn't you want everything that God has for you anyways? Come on, let's get out of that comfort zone mentality. Amen? Come on, let's get on this train. Let's get on this revival outpouring train. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here you need prayer from earlier. You wanted prayer, what we were praying about over people earlier. You need prayer for yourself, for a family member, anything else. Meet me up at the front, and I want to pray with you. But, hey, we want to welcome uh, and thank our visitors for showing up today. I hope you get enjoyed the service. Um, man, that praise and worship really got me today. I love that. That was powerful. So thank you guys for coming today. Remember, Tuesday night prayer, 7 p.m. Uh, go to livingwaterschapel.org and you'll get the phone number or see any one of us. Um, Wednesday night, 7 to 8, prayer right here. I'm telling you, when I say I'm serious about pressing in, let's press in. Right, amen. Let the vipers come. We'll deal with them, but we're pressing in. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I love you. If you need me, you know how to find me. Have a great week, everyone.